Each day in America, we lose 22 veterans to suicide. That's 22 too many. Here at Fight Unite, we believe in turning this heartbreaking statistic around through mentorship, collaboration, and outreach. Join us as we dive deep into the stories that matter, the lives that have been changed, and how to make a difference. Let's unite to ignite hope starting now. Like every uh, kid or whatever or gentleman that decides to join the service, they all join for different reasons. Um, I had been in a community that was very patriotic, and and my grandparents had both served, and one of my uncles had served, and my stepfather had, had served. But it never really crossed my mind. Mine was kind of drifting, a drifting person where I didn't have, didn't have a job, weren't doing anything. And then I just looked at myself and I assessed myself and said, what am I doing? What's my goals for the next four years? And I said, I have nothing. So I said, why don't I just join the military? See the world. I always fantasize about being overseas, you know, not being able to afford it. And a recruiter called and I just said, yeah, sure. It was that simple. What did you do in the military and how did you end up transitioning out? It's kind of a long story. I had a 26-year career that was kind of a patchwork of things to do. I had read the book, The Road Less Traveled, and I there were some stats in there that were very troubling to me. Like 80% of the people in their life die within 20 miles of their birthplace. I didn't want to be that person. My family had been in the same town since the 1600s. And a bunch of people had branched off and gone to different places, but my father was really into genealogy, my grandmother. And that really scared me. Like, what am I not, what am I missing about the world? So when there was an opportunity to volunteer to do something, I did it. You know, there's a vantage in the military is don't volunteer for anything. I volunteered for everything. And I had a very eclectic career that was very exciting and a lot of fun, you know, Different people have different experiences from everything they do, and some are good and some are bad. There's only a few few things that I thought were bad about my career, but still I was affected mentally. So the career started in 1989. I joined and be, befriended a, a Marine recruiter, and he told me that he wanted me to go in the reserves because he didn't know how I'd function because the military and all that tough stuff was kind of foreign to me. I was a an artist, you know what I mean? So I joined the reserves, but when I joined the Marine Corps, I went to Marine Corps boot camp. I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed what it stood for. So after not finding a job and being in the reserves for a year, I went on active duty and asked for overseas. And I ended up in Kennedy Bay, Hawaii, and ended up doing two Westpacs, which people that don't understand how it works in the Navy and the Marine Corps is, you go out for six months and you go to these different places and, you know, keep the Pacific safe and then you come back but when that happened in my first deployment in 1991 i was in a volcanic eruption mount pinatubo in um june of 1991 it was absolutely devastating anybody can google it it was horrible and the experience that i had during that and the experience of my friends negatively affected me but back then people didn't really understand how uh, ptsd worked and I got out in 1995, and I just 
ended up drifting kind of, and then I ended up going to the reserves, uh, the National Guard. I didn't even know the National Guard existed. That's how ignorant I was about military history and stuff. I didn't even know the National Guard. But I just kept patchworking it all the way through, and then I ended up deploying again in 2005 out of Massachusetts. And I went to Abu Ghraib prison right after the scandal, which was a absolutely horrific experience, not with gore like you think it is in war movies, but the fact that the pressure was so high because we weren't judging detainees. And it was actually being watched by everybody in the world, basically. And the pressure on the soldiers there was devastating. Plus the fact we were getting bombed. Oh, luckily, there was no casualties. And it was, um, I saw the younger kids. See, I had already experienced trauma and stuff like that, not understanding it. But I didn't really find it that scary or that damaging to me. Later did I find out after my deployment in 2009 and 10 that there's a thing called um, long exposure PTSD where you have these small little incidents that they just build up over time. And then I started seeing guys from my first deployment were starting to struggle. That was the first suicide. Was And the gentleman that was my mentor and that committed suicide in 2013 he had been on both deployments to me and had been my mentor on my second deployment. So the trauma was a combination of everything altogether that affected me. And then my estranged wife at the time asked for a divorce and my whole life fell apart. And it was just at the point where I was trying to understand what's going on and seeking treatment. And literally my life fell apart and I became a shell of a person, but I knew that I had to fight because I had to set an example for the, for the, the other people who are suffering in silence. And I wanted to rebuild my life because my kids were afraid of me because I was so angry and like I was almost, it was, I was outside of my own body and mind. And it took me about six years and every day fighting. And that's a wrap on today's episode of Bet Night Podcast. Remember, behind every statistic is a story, a life, and a person who served their country. 22 veterans lost to suicide each day is not a number. It's a call to action. And you can be a part of that action. Visit our website at betunite.org to learn about how you can all help. And thank you for joining our mission to light the way home for our heroes. 